Chic. Episode 20, Chic NYC. Welcome. Fabulous. 20 episodes. Feels like yesterday. Just started this. Oh, it's Friday, 8 o'clock. I'm hungover. From last night and today. Literally, I mean, stunned by the beauty of my life right now that I had a gorgeous night out last night and then drank champagne all day. What a life. But to be hungover at 8 o'clock, I'm like, what, disco nap, I guess? I don't know. But I'm about to go out again. Listening to the sound right now of my boyfriend taking my illegal grill off of my illegal terrace before I get a serious fucking fine for... Okay, yes, a charcoal grill on a roof. Bad idea. Yeah, I get it. Fine. But I want to cook steaks. I want to have a, a patio situation. I Roof access, I feel like I've already talked about this. Roof access being denied from us is, that should be illegal. Yes, people fall off roof, whatever. Like, why, in Brooklyn, it's fine. Everyone's on their fucking roofs in Brooklyn. Why in Manhattan? It's such a big deal. Every apartment I looked at, no roof access. It's bullshit. So I have this spot. I can jump out of the kitchen window to a, you know, I have a little ladder, just a small, I don't know how many feet, not huge part of the roof that's perfect for a fucking patio setup. So what do we do? Found a girl on Craigslist. I was like, I want to cook steaks. Boyfriend drives to East Village, picks it up, bring it upstairs in front of full Servo's dinner service on the street, on Canal. They hate me. They love me. But, you know, they were like, this bitch. This bitch upstairs. Enough of her. (sighs) So now the girl is leaving, and... I'm sad. I'm sad about it, but I'm not not paying fucking $600 in a fines. Ugh, whatever. How am I feeling? I'm feeling enchanted with New York right now. Um, I've been spending a lot of time in a magical part of the city downtown. South Street fucking seaport. Most people are like, what the, why? And, uh, fair. Absolutely. Um, it is an Epcot. I'm sure I've said this before. It's literally like a made up. It's it's like New York, New York and Vegas almost. You get cobblestone. Every building is like old and like just like dripping with like history. It feels like British. It feels crazy. Like I love it. I love it. You're by the water. There's a big ship that I have no interest in whatsoever. A lot of families going on the ship. Why? I don't know. There's a museum. I think the museum is like the begin where New York begins or something like that, which is true. It's a fucking seaport from the 1800s. The magic of downtown never ceases to amaze me. And the reason I'm there is um, friend of the pod, love of my life, Larry Owens. Crashing at uh, a very chic hotel that has honestly become our home. Feel more at home there than my own home. Love it. Love it. Would just absolutely 
die to live in a hotel. We've been talking a lot about this. What is the reality of hotel living? I only know one person who's lived in a hotel. It's my friend Kiki. She was a nanny and she lived in the Carlisle for like two years. Chicest thing I've ever heard. The Elaine Stritch of it all, of, you know, no kitchen. Completely, you know, it's beyond doorman. You have a full desk, like, room service. Like, come on. It sounds like the only life that anyone should be leading. It's literally the most fabulous thing in the world. I don't know how to make it happen for myself, but... And part of me is like, would I like the reality of it? And yeah, I think so. I think so. We shall see. But it's been really fabulous. There's an amazing restaurant, Bellini. We're obsessed with it. We will record live from there in the near to immediate future. I actually have a lot of Broadway stuff to unpack. That'll be next episode. We'll get Larry on the horn. Today's brief guest is my friend Dexter, who is a really fantastic um, pop star, performer, um, host of, like, stan parties downtown. They, like, you know, Kylie Knight, all this. It's really fun. And karaoke. And he has an album coming out. I'll let let him uh, speak for himself. But the reason why I had to uh, to talk was we were both at Dua Lipa. And I explained this when talking with him. But to be clear, and I want everyone to be aware, the two concerts I've been to lately, while I enjoyed them thoroughly, and this one actually like is devastating because um, college bestie, absolute soulmate, gets me Dua Lipa tickets for my birthday fun idea. Absolutely fun idea. Would I have like sought out and bought Dua Lipa tickets? No. So perfect gift in that like great an experience I would not have like treated myself to or whatever. And like for us to like, you know, bestie gag out. Yes, of course. What happens? She gets fucking COVID. Devastating. So got my, booked my friend Carolina. Perfect. We had an amazing time. But I had a lot to unpack. I'm still on. I'm still like, what did I witness? And you know what? It's almost just like, shut the fuck up. You had a good time. One thing we didn't get into with Dexter that I want to um, make clear is like, it was giving like camp, like camp friends doing a talent show at some parts, like literally skipped around in a circle, swayed with their arms around each other, back and forth, like, during the Elton John song, whatever. I'm just, like, completely fascinated by, like, what sells out Madison Square Garden. Like, what, like, I saw Ed Sheeran one time on accident because my same friend Abby worked in the New York Times, and if the box was not being used, they would just, like, offer it. I mean, like, the box has... X number of seats available if anybody wants to go see, you know, whoever. That's how I saw Shakira. Literally best time of my entire life. That That is literally one of the best nights of my life. 
Ed Sheeran. I smoked a lot of weed, so I think I was, like, really thinking too much. But I was just like, how does one person relate so intensely to this many people when I don't (laughs) find them? Like, I don't know. It just blew my mind that, like, this, like, ginger man with the guitar, not that he's not talented, not that it's not, you know, good, whatever that means. It just fascinates me, like, what is so huge? And I'll talk a lot about Caroline Polachek probably this episode. She opened. And I, for the first time, read the... <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me for not reading this sooner? But the New Yorker article by Gia Tolentino, who I think I re- literally bring up every episode. Caroline is the most fascinating person on earth. Like, to me, she is out of a Tolkien novel, which is, you know, kind of a direct quote from the article. But I've always thought that. I was like, she looks like what Liv Tyler. I saw, you, you know, when, like, you try to watch those movies, like The Hobbit or whatever, and then you just either like, it's always with a boyfriend. There's never been a time where it's not when a woman has not been forced by a man to watch that, I believe. Prove me wrong. So I, never have I seen a full film. I either fall asleep or we have sex and I don't watch it. So it's, to me, what Liv Tyler was trying to be is what Caroline Polachek is in her everyday life from my very basic knowledge. Okay, I went way too far with that. I have no idea what I'm talking about this films. So this article, like, this is beyond journalism. This was, like, to me, like, an absolute full-body experience reading this. I don't know how she did it, but it's uh, it's the combination of both women's talents like Caroline's openness and like everything she does is like I think I saw this with Dexter like just pulled directly from her soul without any um you know and I don't want to say without any self-consciousness because I think she is very self-conscious in a really beautiful way that doesn't hold her back I like it's gonna take me 50 million years to unpack all this but like the just the process of her explaining you know her time during covid where she went what she did the influences her divorce her new relationship it's sexy to me it's very like art sex i don't know what the fuck i'm saying it's just a different level to me. If you haven't read it, you absolutely must. It's all about her first show back. I didn't realize, like, okay, if you're a girl, you know, like, album comes out. She did one show in New York that all the gays were trying to get tickets to. I failed. I failed. I was a new fan at that time, and, like, I don't think I was aware yet when tickets went on sale and it was at Warsaw in Greenpoint. So like not a big enough venue to fit even half of the gay community. So she does 15 shows with this like full ass, incredible album. And then fucking COVID 
so she had all these fucking festivals and I related to this so hard where she was like when COVID happened and she was lined up to do, you know, massive, I don't even know what music festivals are, you know, but it wasn't like Coachella. It was like cool stuff. Like, I don't know what it was, but uh, huge festivals, huge gigs that she was so excited for. And when it happened that it was all canceled, she's like, yeah, of course. She's like, it feels like a spell that like can be broken at any point that I get to like do this. And I totally get that. Like, oh yeah, of course. Of course I don't get to play in this massive show and, you know, yeah, of course. But it did happen. Or it will. So she, her first show back is the Greek theater is, and, um, you know, the description of the show, of all of it, of everyone, like, coming back together. I also loved, I've never heard an artist say this, but, like, I've talked about this, especially, like, with my friend David, like, on dance floors. Like, I am present, I am there, but I am also, like, communing with myself in a way that, like, is only possible somehow in public, like, while consuming either a show or dancing or whatever like it's like meditative working through stuff within myself like almost like self-therapy in like while being out like and it's so wild because you're never like you're never more and less public I guess when you're like in a crowd like interesting but she says like most of the time half the half the show people are not even truly listening to the music like people are working through their own shit all together in a massive space. And I think like maybe, you know, listen to me getting all fucking new agey, like that energy like allows for people to do that. Like it's to me the most beautiful thing in the world. I even spaced out for a sec during the Michael Jackson show last night. Larry took me to see the MJ show. We'll delve into that. I have a lot to talk about with Broadway, and next week's episode is going to be very Broadway-heavy. The thing about Caroline, and, you know, I relate to this. Our dads died around the same time during COVID, and I think, like, having that, like, shift in your life, like, while also, like, the world was so crazy, like, I'm not saying we went through the same thing, but I even reading that I saw my experience as well where it was like oh my god like less distraction less whatever like more like in-depth grief like it's crazy and I think like that you know dug into her work she also talks about you know she's 36 and she says oh it's the best quote ever as I sit down or as I get to the real dinner course of adulthood yes horny for that it's like she's bringing she says this real like love for life that is not like you know optimistic it's like knowing hurt knowing real fucking pain losing a parent and still showing up to love and live life that is depth that is stunning and then she's like fucking trained in opera and shit like to me, there is no girly, th- this is the hill I will die on. I fucking love her. Okay, sorry, that was so rambly. And also, I'm going to talk about it again with Dexter, so strap in for that. <sighs> Let's do that now, actually. 
me actively planning in real time the production of the pod. This is the intimacy that you get with this podcast. Here's me chatting with my great friend, Dexter. Dexter Driscoll. Find him on social. I mean, we had such a gorgeous night um, in Fire Island. It was, you know, it was one of the party nights, and we stayed up all night talking about literally everything, but, like, mainly pop culture. And I was really enlightened about um, the Albanian Mafia, which I uh, dig in, ask some of the tough questions. So, enjoy. Chic. Pleasure and honor. Um, uh, before we get into anything, let's get the not only shameless, but absolutely necessary plug of the album. Oh my God, so much is happening. Okay, so I have the first single coming out imminently. Okay, I, oh right, everybody, hi, I'm Dexter. Yes. Um, I am uh, Dexter Driscoll. I am a songwriter and performer. I have a single called All the Boys Want to Be My Girl coming out in the next couple weeks. Love. I have a, oh my God. I, I can't so believe unprepared. I hadn't heard the title. Oh my God, you haven't? I'm absolutely gagged that's an amazing title thank you march 21st is this is when it will be released all the amazing. boys will be my girl i'm very i can't stop saying it i can't stop singing it i'm yeah dying um video comes out like two weeks after video is so good perfect and then the live show at parkside lounge the day after my birthday on earth day I mean, okay thank you yeah yeah, a lot of exciting things happening. I'm so excited <laughs> for the show. I love that venue. It's so funny how it's, like, reemerged in my life. Like, it was so, like, just moved to New York doing stand-up in there, like, with, like, weird comics who, like, I right. you know, now have, like, they've disappeared off the face of the earth to me. And now there's the amazing dance party we went to. Mm-hmm. What is that? Like, third Sundays or something? Whatever. I think, Yeah fabulous yeah. party and I, it's like a vortex or something in it there. Is. it's like there's yeah it is it's changed to a gay vortex which is always better mm-hmm. it's yeah so good. i think it's, it's, so it's, it's destiny yeah amazing and, uh, perfect yeah. venue um <laughs> i had to get you on the horn as uh, like you are my go-to for all things pop star given you are a pop star, given your knowledge is unmatched by anyone. Like, of course you were going to the Dua Lipa concert. Of course. Of course. Of course. And like, I had a blast. It was such a party. Would I seek out going? No. Was I gifted the tickets? Yes. And (laughs) just weeks before, what a gift, perfect gift. Um, weeks before I had gone to Casey Musgraves, which literally someone invited me to go. I thought I was gonna be out of town and turned it down, like, and was like, not regretful about it. I was kind of like, whatever, (laughs) like, I'd like to hang with that friend, but I'm not like, I need to see Casey Musgraves. Another friend invites me to go like free tickets all around. So I was just like, all right. So I end up seeing these two girls, two brunettes who, two Leos, two Leos, two kind of, go girl give us nothings you know what I mean like live 
I'm like trying to process it all and like talking to you is like the only way I have been like obviously both of these girls I think sold out MSG I know Casey did I'm sure Dua came close if she didn't right and at least like with Dua it's like okay cool we're like dancing we're up we're doing it like Casey like everyone is glued and I will I feel like she like maybe spent more money I don't know Dua it was up in the air and everything but like you know, Casey Musgraves had us all wear a bracelet. Literally, lady comes at, like, getting us to our seats. Casey would like you to wear this. I was like, what the fuck? I Like, whatever. I'm not going to trash Casey's <laughs> bracelets. But I was just kind of like, how old are we? And then I remembered, actually, a lot of this is for children. So Right, right. That's what pop stars function is. They're, pop stars exist yes. for the fantasies of teenagers and below. Yeah. Yeah. So we're the old girls there I guess I'm like our beer <laughs> exactly no literally like the rest of the row actually next to us for Dua Lipa which they were great seats was a couple that stayed fully masked the whole time and I'm guessing you know bridge and tunnel you know we can only assume next mm-hmm. to me on my side is three girls not of drinking age all wearing wigs I'm asking them questions. It's literally like, whose aunt is this? You know what I mean? Like, it was like, very that. Right, I guess totally. My question to you, just what are your thoughts? Oh Let's my God. Start there's, there. there's so, you just threw so much out. I mean, I, my experience at Dua Lipa, I, um, I, I felt very at peace with my age, but I also mm. felt, it was just so like, I, I felt like my mother um mm-hmm. so I was like <laughs> also I had half an edible so I was there I was Excellent. which I think is the I think is the only way to do a general admission show if you're over 18 um sure or at least general admission floor so, I was fully on ecstasy for Casey Musgraves and that oh, was I well, think, the brilliant. only way that I could do it I could not have seen it without some sort of stimulant helper yeah I well because I think especially Casey she's like since she's a songwriter girl it's like if you don't know every lyric you're probably not gonna and I'm not like this is bad music by any means I feel like I should explain that I feel like I kind of knocked it on the last episode I talked about it too whatever (laughs) the Casey Musgraves hive they're gonna find you they're gonna find me (laughs) yeah no I think but it was it was just I'm just chilling general admission floor yeah I I got my tickets like right when they went on sale because a stan reached out to me which I felt honored and um meanwhile they're being sold for like a thousand day of I should have sold it but Uh anyway but then yeah so I'm just like looking around and all these little kids are like so excited meanwhile they're like I don't know like 17 18 and I was like looking at them I'm like you guys are so cute and they're like freaking out about Caroline Polachek and I'm just like I'm just soaking in this like I, I just, I think my favorite part of a, co- a pop concert or like a big show, I love the anticipation and the hype. There's nothing like it. Yeah. And, you know, we've been so, because we haven't al- been allowed to have big, big events for so long, just being in that energy is so healing. I just feel like, oh my God, I'm like, okay, there is, you know, purity in this world. The build up to Duo was very exciting, so much so that I almost felt like the beginning of the show, like fell flat compared to the excitement also mm. like the thing is I had never seen someone 
fully introduce all of their dancers and it be absolutely necessary in that the dancers are the show. Right. Roller skating, like full choreo. And I love how much she tried to dance. I thought it was so sweet until she's trying so hard. And that almost made me sad because I was like, don't let these haters win. Like walk around and like do you and like. Right. It's very, it's very ta-da. And it's a very yes, earned. That's what it's you a said very, after. <laughs> it's it's very, every literally after everything. Ta-da. Ta-da. But an earned Obsessed. ta-da. Because we know that an like, earned ta-da. An earned ta-da. And I actually was talking to my friend about this. It's like when I think of Dua Lipa, it's like like you said, with introducing the dancers, there is a very righteous humility about it. Where it's like, I am the star of the show. Also, I know who I am or I know who is around me who allows me to be the star, which is this very unique kind of Leo gift where Mm -hmm. it's like, they are part of the sunlight, you know? And then it's kind of, I think it's like, and I say this with the utmost respect, it's her, her presence live as a performer. Cause I, I'm, I'm different from studio is like, it's like a very righteous house of cards Mm. where it's like, none of this is like, you know, you know, she 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 could absolutely surprise us all and in 60 years be like, you know, I'm just going to be on, like, sitting with a band and doing something at, like, the Sydney Opera House. You know, anything that would be is possible. such a twist. Such a twist. But at this point in time, I'm like, this is a beautiful house of cards where everybody is in. Yeah. No one is, no one is being, no one has wool pulled over their eyes. And I think that's yeah. gorgeous. And I think everyone is just accepting exactly like wherever yeah. she is so really polite of me to not bring up the albanian mafia yet oh um, my god right i think super polite and gracious um i guess i should preface so there's no legal action against me all of this is lies speculation but i want to dig in you it's have just... been so informative about the albanian mafia to me rita ora all of it um, would you mind giving, you know, the spark notes to, right. to our listeners? Which I, I want to give power, first of all, to Kathy Griffin, because she is the one who really introduced that for our generation. No, the really? Alleged, the, oh, the alleged. alleged. No, not the alleged. <laughs> I thought you meant the like, Albanian Mafia. No, she, Kathy Griffin started the Albanian Mafia. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, famously. No, uh-huh. so uh, allegedly, this is all alleged. Allegedly. Um, Allegedly, there, which, well, this actually is real. There is a photo of Dua Lipa and Rita Ora's grandfathers drinking together in the 60s. Okay. I'm obsessed with that. Completely. Concept. It's like, I, and in like, in, uh, in some city in Kosovo, which I, okay, gorgeous. So, um, yeah, so between them, and then who's the other one? Is it, is it Bibi Rexa? That sounds She's also right. an Albanian queen yeah um yeah so oh and ava max ava max oh wow so there's a lot of albanian energy in the ether right now i'm not entirely sure what this means especially given you know current conflicts right um what i i'm just in awe and i i think i i think we need to go to albania or something well isn't it part of like it's all part of the plan right to like like mm, the Albanian right. government like all of 
you know, the, the reputation of the country, like getting Albania in the zeitgeist, travel, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I, one day it, we're going to wake up and it'll be Albania wood. We won't have Hollywood anymore. <laughs> it's going to be K pop and Albania wood. Totally. Yeah. It's wild. Like, because we're clearly at the, like, the beginning of, like, the end of the American empire. And it's, like, mm-hmm. so where, what's the next step? Albania. I think I'm, I think we can all agree that it's Albania. Fair. I'm on board. I mean, <laughs> I, like, it was, for me, I forgot she was British, too. I, it was a surprise accent to me. I can't. I was, like, oh, my God. I completely forgot. Totally. I, like, and then isn't, like her hot dad Brazilian or something or did I make that up yeah, I, I don't know if he's hot. yeah super hot yeah yeah I feel like it's mafia it's giving I love the yacht girl conversation we had like it's all um very in the synchronistic uh beneficial you know to Albania um the the madness that we're eating up in America. Right. And there's something about Dua that she retains a wholesomeness about her, mm. which I think is so impressive. Fascinating. I don't know, you know, it's like there's something like, despite if there, you know, if there are alleged mob ties, if there are whatever, it's like there's still like, she's still like the sweetest. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, she's sweet I, and I also... Feelings of- yeah, she walks around being hot and eats and then is also yeah very sweet which is yeah what did you think of caroline polachek as i know you were not familiar right so caroline polachek i think is like is a different drug vibration from me i Mm. think i think all musicians there's there is either a drug or lack of drug vibration to them um and i sound so annoying saying vibration i'm sorry um well no i think if we're talking vibration, like that needs to be said with Caroline, like totally. <sighs> well, it's just like how like disco doesn't exist without cocaine, right? Like yeah. we. That's so, cool. if you're thinking about like Caroline Polachek, like you were saying that she's more of like a shrooms vibe, which mm-hmm. I'm like I'm 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 partially there. I see it. I think there's there's something about her that I well I was talking about her as like if Shelly Duvall were a pop star on Dune, the planet Dune, Hilarious. which I think kind of encapsulates her. This is, I, this is also my projection after seeing her once and not only, right. the only song not I know done. is, right. And the only introduction I have prior to this is the chorus cover and um, the entire Fire Island house singing Bunny as a rider and me being oh like, my you God. guys need to calm down. Huge um, for us. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm happy for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I thought it was, I thought it was beautiful, beautiful textures. So I think, I think the shrooms kind of acidy vibe is interesting because when I looked at her, all I really got were, were the textures because there isn't sex. Sex isn't really part of the equation with her from what I can gather. Hmm. Um, I, I think I have to disagree. I think it's very sexy. Maybe okay. I'm like, well, here's the other thing is I'm just now realizing this. I'm like, I feel like my relationship to her and the music is like always shifting a little bit. And I'm like, yes, mm. it's shrooms, but it's also like, I don't know. It like energizes me more than shrooms. And like, 
Um, I was gonna say acid. I think it's like, yeah, it's, maybe it's it a is, refined acid. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a microdose of acid, yeah. and she. I think, like, holds her sexuality in such a way that, like, it's subtle. It's never, mm. never overt and out there. And, like, everything is so heart with her. It's, like, heart-focused. Like, everything is, right. like, directly pulled from her soul that I'm, like, I'm just gagged no matter what she does. And, like, w- like literally we have to say vibrations because I feel oftentimes after I've seen her live like I did yoga or something you know what I mean mm, like it's totally. very like I'm absorbing whatever she is putting out and it's fucking crazy and actually I sound I, psycho I sound like someone who's no, a lot of psychedelics I completely get it I think it's also like what I guess of course me being like the Taurus hedonist that I am mm. um, my understanding of sex is very limited and I looking at her there's nothing animal about her which that's my relationship to sexuality. There's nothing like, it's more, I think it's more intellectual. And like you said, more heart. It's more, um, it's more, and it's almost like an idealized, an idealized um, communal sexuality. I buy that. Yep. Right. I, yep. I think, which of course is like, which that's also why I'm like, there's certain drugs where I'm like, I can't really do it because it's like, I already, I already don't have inhibition, so I'm it's like, like energetic group sex, exactly, which is my nightmare. Yeah. But I'm happy for everybody <laughs> who likes it. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, very. That's much that. so funny. I never thought of it that way. It is invasive, but I, I'm there for it. Right, and the textures are gorgeous. I understand yeah. why people love it. It's so funny, too, because I would never be like, "Oh, I would love this spooky pop star." Like, it's so not my vibe like I'm never like you know I don't even like the Kim Petras scary stuff like not that her she's not scary but you know the imagery is somewhat spooky um there's something there's something like um there's like her pallor it's like I don't even Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even say if it's like spooky it's almost like it's like an El Greco painting where it's like it's just it's very deeply cool toned which I really I really appreciate the color palette (laughs) totally yeah, she's amazing. Well, yeah. the last thing I want to ask you about okay. is if you have any scoop <laughs> on the Madonna biopic. Oh my god, I what am so thoughts? excited. Yeah. I, I I well Madonna is, you know, I can't overstate her impact personally and of course her impact collectively. Um I think uh it's going to be at the very least, the most entertaining thing to be released. So, yeah. like, we're already like we're already inundated with press about it, and not only press, but everybody being like, "Who would want to see this?" And it's like, "Well, oh my god, you can't Absolutely stop reacting." Suck it, you know? like, yeah, I know. right, yeah, right. Everybody and wants I, to, right? And it's like with Madonna, it's so funny because. Um, people hating her is so much part of her mythology so it's like everybody really thinks they're pulling a fast one and it's just like it's like okay playing right into the hand like literally it's like okay like have have fun with like I don't know you're like pop stars who don't want to ever make anyone mad but good luck with that so stupid so so boring boring. (laughs) 
Yeah. So I'm like, obviously there are things to criticize about Madonna, but um, most but people what's don't. The, it, what's the point most of that? People, right. Like, and there's no point. And also, because nobody should be have to be infallible. Um, and also, like, you know, get a life. Um, absolutely get a life. But, I'm also... Yeah. Like, I'm enjoying the press lead-up. I'm enjoying, like, the um, strategic, um, you know, articles about the mm-hmm. hazing or whatever, like, the actresses have to go through. I'm like, fuck, yeah. I will – I every one of them, I'm eating. It's like – Absolutely. It's like, we just need a little bit more, like – I was thinking about this, actually, as I was walking home today. It's like, we live with so much, like – collective validation we really need a little bit of invalidation again okay just the way like like there's that those memes about like gaga being like i only need one person in the room to like me and versus the the quote of madonna from like 25 years ago where she's like if there's one person who doesn't like it i'm mad because i worked so hard to make it perfect i have to make it more perfect Mm, yeah and it's like yeah it's like maybe you should take the invalidation a little bit like you know obviously you don't need to go like macrobiotic for 25 years unless you want to be madonna which i don't think there's anything wrong with that yeah but you know a little invalidation could probably improve you (laughs) honestly yeah i mean i'm just excited for the debbie mazar Oh, oh my god. I know. And if Julia Fox is Debbie Mazar, it would it's be iconic. really the natural choice. Yeah. If you look at those old photos, it is uncanny. And I, I think they both like somewhat like produce the same reaction in a way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like everyone's kind of like the you know, the eye rolling, you know, it's just And there's yeah, there's a New Yorkness about it. Of yeah, to the core. Most people can't capture. If they don't hire a New York girl to play Debbie, that is a huge mistake. But I also wouldn't put it past them. Like, I mean, I'm really fascinated because the people that are involved so far. So we, I, we know that Diablo Cody is working on it Mm -hmm. or has worked on the script. So that's a good sign. And also, I believe the screenwriter who did Secretary which I think is fascinating. Um, Interesting. So I have no doubt that the script will be at the very least compelling, if not excellent. So it's really up to just like who has the discipline and the humility and the ambition. Because those are the three things that are... I. Those are the three things that I think make Madonna, Madonna. And I know nobody, nobody thinks of humility for Madonna, but I think there's a lot of humility required to do what you do. Transforming and transforming so Mm -hmm. much. You have to be willing to not even, you know, to say this isn't working, not that you have to truly go there, but to like be willing to let go of what you have built and identified with, like, of course, right. humility. And if it's you... like so many. Yeah. I was just going to say, and it's like, it's always people where it's like, well, she wasn't nice to me when I was a waiter in a restaurant. And it's like, fuck off. Fu- literally, nobody literally cares about fuck you. Off. It's like, imagine thinking that you're so important that, like, the literal, like, 
queen like she you don't may not like that she's the queen of pop but she has the receipts that she's the queen of pop like you think that like she's required to validate you because you like brought her like a side of miso soup like I don't think so (laughs) the most insignificant moment of her life that you're talking about for 30 years right and absolute dork exactly and she was like just spaced out and wasn't even thinking about it and you were like oh she didn't say thank you she's a bitch (laughs) oh my god absolutely nightmare yeah nightmare yeah losers I mean gun to your head who are you casting oh my god okay I so everybody is saying Julia Garner but I've never seen I've never seen her in anything so I'm really ignorant um I don't know if allegedly she wants Florence Pugh yeah but from Midsummer, I don't know if I could see her as it I think I think there's not enough grit there's not thank her. you there's not enough grit there's not and also madonna's complex like she i am i firmly believe that she is a gay man with maternal instinct mm. and that is her actual gender yeah so who can do that i don't know maybe a transgender. Um, maybe, maybe a i don't think I, I mean, I don't think that should happen. I think that's a little too, like, on those for the moment. I'm Me like, wanting it. I'm like, we get it. <laughs> Me um, absolutely <laughs> booking a transactor. I mean, this is, like, it's going to be impossible. And also, like, I don't think, David and I have talked about this a lot, where, like, there's really no, like, actress. I guess now, like, Julia Fox fills it a little bit, where it's, like, where are, like, fuck-up girls? Like, where are, like, gritty, like, you know, the ones who are, like, not afraid of bad press, who are, like, right. actually living their fucking lives? Like, unfortunately, like, I, I'm backtracking, and I'll talk about this later in the episode, like, Lily James, I felt, like, was a little bit that, in that she was, like, mm-hmm. a little bit freer, she had that affair, like, she was, like, you know kind of going for it but she does seem to have like a lot of insecurity but I think kind of takes that away but I really don't see like a girly who can really who has that in her and has the acting chops you know what I mean right and I think this uh, another specific thing about who Madonna is and this is I think why everybody hates her so much um or why losers hate her so much is because like she gets to be like you just mentioned like the messy fuck up girls she gets to get that press while also being the most like disciplined corporate Nailed person yep. in the world mm-hmm. so it's like she is the person she okay so in new york she is both the highest level of like finance bro slash girl boss while also being the highest level of art school fuck up yeah, And those are the only two New York archetypes that really transcend outside of the city. And so, like, she is both of those at once, and nobody else can do that. So, like, everybody hates her because it's just like, oh, well, like, you're like, I don't know, like, I can't relate to you because you're the highest level of everything, and you never let yourself slip. And yeah. it's like, that's the thing. Like, she she has worked really hard to be infallible, so that's why everybody loves whenever she, like, you know, has a drink. Um, but it's like that's so funny too like to have (laughs) exactly that like you know I say fuck up there's no fucking up there's no fucking up up at all 
we but... literally didn't have a slip until the like Brits fall. Li- yeah. Like I remember, I remember watching that live and literally that was like, people make that joke, like something shifted. That was yeah. the moment where I was like, oh, actually the world isn't perfect. Yeah. Like, I, that was my, com- like, no matter what trauma I experienced, that was the moment where I was like, oh yeah, no, like there are things yeah. that are bad in the world. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I feel like we're in the age of like bad biopics, so wouldn't be shocked. I know. I'm, I People think, people want humanity to be relatable and that's the biggest issue, mm. you know? It's like, it doesn't need to look like your life for it to be real. I'm sorry. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it does not. And like, yeah. also, to, that's the laziest thing in the world. On both Oh, sides. it's so lazy. On both sides. I mean, I could see it going like weird and like, I I almost think it would be interesting if it was like when Kate Blanchett played Bob Dylan and it wasn't like a real, real biopic. Like, I don't think that's what will happen. But if it was something like that, and like, I don't think Kristen Stewart, but a Kristen Stewart-like person. Mm, interesting. I think that could be a compelling take, I think. Um, but I don't know an actress who I think captures all of the duality and untouchableness that is Madonna. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Brutal. Not easy. It's brutal. No, no. Ugh, well, this has been a pure joy. You are an encyclopedia of pop star knowledge that I cherish so much. Oh my God. I'm so grateful. Thank you for letting me ramble. Oh my God, please. And I'm so excited for the single. <gasps> Thank you. On the topic of biopics, what do you, okay, like biopics? I say biopics and sometimes I feel like an idiot. I don't know. I'm like, maybe, I feel like my boyfriend says biopics, but he's British. So he says everything wrong. The I'm shocked. Um, although I shouldn't be, I guess I really went into the idea of the Pam and Tommy show with such, you know, rose tinted glasses and, you know, sanguine expectations. Like, you know, I was so, um, naive. I was just naive. Obviously I don't think maybe none of us knew up top or leading into it that they did not want this to get made or maybe we did. And I don't know why I didn't really like pay attention to that. Um, the show's gotten dark. I don't even think I'm up to date on it. I've watched more than I've like really wanted to. I've just kind of like been like, Oh, I gotta see this. But like the last one I watched, like she's giving like her deposition for this lawsuit that like, Tommy Lee, like, made her do in the first place. It's fucked. It's just fucked. The whole thing is fucked. And Lily James has really, like, painted herself into a dark corner because she looks bad. It's not her fault. She signed on to this two years before now, I guess. And... The whole time leading up, she's studying, she's whatever, she's thinking she's going to talk to Pamela. She, you know, assumes that they're on board, I guess. And if she's under contract and she can't not do it, 
but like it looks bad. It's giving this woman's privacy was taken away. This tape was released without her consent. And here we go doing it again, essentially taking your trauma and capitalizing on it and, you know, introducing it (laughs) in a way that you don't want. So now we're going to get an actual documentary. So maybe like, thank you. I'm excited for an actual authorized documentary because Pamela is incredibly uh, interesting and complex. I don't know. I'm working on an article about the sex tapes that came out in the 2000s and like, I don't know really where I'm going with it yet, but been doing a lot of research and I don't know. It just blows my mind. Like the amount of, like media and forms of communication that we were like thrust into in that time and like gradually and like really um you know we're like kind of brutally jolted into the realization that like privacy is no more there is no there's really no safety in (laughs) you know any pictures but like any hard, tangible things will be out of your control. And, like, you know, I guess naive to think anything otherwise, but... Or I guess the idea, honestly, is, like, there's no one copy of anything anymore. If one image exists... I guess this is also why I'm very confused about NFTs. Like, there's a million of them. Like, one thing is never one thing. It is a million things. Do I sound like I'm on shrooms? It's just, I don't know. And like this LA Times article that came out a while ago where it's like, Lily James hoped to lose herself in Pamela, but instead she saw herself. And I thought she meant like, oh, I thought I was like, she saw herself in the performance. And because I felt that way. I even though she looks nothing like Lily James, all I'm seeing is Lily James and the breathy, like flat, absolute like wave of a Pamela that she's giving is like so bad, so insulting. I don't want to say bad job by any means. Like it's not that. It's just like fuck. I'm just yeah. It's and then like I don't know. I don't know, like, who's to blame the most? Lake Bell is in the article, and they're talking about how, like, they had their privacy kind of stolen. Like, she had her nudes leaked in that big nude scandal, and then, like, Lily James, the affair thing, you know. Yeah, no privacy. Anyway, we're in biopic hell, I think. Of course I watched all of the fucking Anna Delvey. I wasn't going to not. And I did find it interesting. And. Obvious. You know. It's it's one of those things where it's like. How am I rooting for this person? But also like. I'm not not. And that. I mean. It's so Shonda. It's so whatever. Um. Yeah, I do, I really don't have anything interesting to say about it. It's just like, you know, that, the Elizabeth Holmes. It's like, I'm just like, it's lazy. 
there are so many brilliant stories to be told. Some are true, some are, you know, fictionalized, made up. Like, maybe let's get some of those instead of, like, trying to, like, fictionalize and, like, twist these things that have happened into, like, what, like, a true crime show or something. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's what everyone is trying to give is, like, true crime. Like, the Brittany Murphy doc is, like, the best worst example of that like oof not that that's my epic but you know what I mean it's just like everyone's trying to get this like gripping gotta binge this you know it's like shut the fuck up well I went and got um my nails done professionally which I never fucking do I've been wearing press-ons all through covid they last two weeks. I have a whole system. I carry around glue. It's a lifestyle. Was going to Larry's Sondheimia show at Carnegie Hall on Friday. Time of my life. Night of my life. Could not be prouder. Incredible. We'll talk about it. When I realized that I don't really have a set that I want to put on. So I'm like, you know what? Actually, you know, the fucked up thing is I did. I had these nails that I wore for this shoot and they're actually like après, après nails and they were glued on like so badly that I took them off and saved them and they were French and cute. And I was like, cool, let me soak them in some water and get the glue off. What happens? I fucking warp them, of course, putting too hot of water in them. So they're all fucking mangled. And I was like, great, let me make a goddamn nail appointment. And I guess just on instinct, because those were at pre-nails, I was like, let me get a pre, you know, whatever, instead of, like, gel extensions. Why? I don't know. I was just like, you know, when you make a decision, I think that's my double Virgo. I'm just, like, rigid and, like, stupid. So, first things first, there's only one length. And it's too short. I want them twice as long. So, I'm already that. Then I'm like, am I going to get fucking... French or what am I doing? I decided to go for a huge bright pink, which I do love, and little Chanel um, decals. Love. Already, both pointer fingers have fucking popped off one twice. So now, here I am, still carrying glue, having paid $120 for a set. What the fuck? What is the answer? I guess, like, I'm just like, am I really adding on this other expense in my life where I'm paying, you know, $100 a month? Maybe more. Maybe more frequently than a month. I don't know. Tough to tell. But I'm, this is not an endorsement of Apri nails. Two have popped off. And it's actually, I feel less secure than with my system for the press-ons because there I have you know, I have a sticky thing and then the glue and whatever. Now I'm running with just glue. Fuck that. No. It's just a personal crisis I'm dealing with. I follow this, um, girl on Instagram, TikTok, whatever, who like dissertates the Kardashians. And usually I find it pretty interesting. And I just listened to a podcast that she was on and like, I feel bad, like, she wants to, like, write and whatever, and, like, granted, like, 
I'm sure she is, you know, I don't know that she has like, I feel like she has a master's or something, whatever. I don't know her level of education, but you know, it's up there and she's being, you know, they're kind of like gatekeeping academia because they're obviously intimidated by people just like going off and having opinions on social media they can't possibly be taken seriously because then what is academia? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, Oh, if everyone's smart, like obviously they're threatened. So, and I'm not saying that she's like a full blown, like academic genius or whatever, but like, she's got some good points every once in a while. And I really was, um, captivated by a recent post that was, uh, talking about gloves and, you know, Dua Lipa was wearing gloves at the concert. Kim always in a long glove, we see Julia Fox gloves usually. And so, you know, I've always loved a fingerless glove. I got some black, shiny, latex giving gloves. I'm being very careful about what I wear them with because I do not want to come off ever Julia Foxy or, you know, any kind of like Kardashian influence, even though it is permeating through like all fashion I think right now, but like, I don't want to be like that basic, but I fucking love them. I feel amazing in them. I love, I feel like it's like nails. Like I feel like it accents the hands in a way where you want to like, I love them and it's fucking cold and they do help. My hands are cold and I never use my pockets. She delves in, why is Kim wearing these gloves? I feel like you can't talk about Balenciaga fashion, which is so insane, without mentioning the fucking Incredibles because Kanye is how he is and he's obsessed with that fucking movie and his family being the Incredibles. You can see it in the Balenciaga sunglasses, the gloves, all of it. It's all very superhero and I think it's from the fucking Incredibles, which... It's not a hot take or anything, but, like, everyone knows it. So she gets into that, and gloves being, like, okay, what are gloves? What are we using? And me working COVID safety on a set this week, I take off my leather gloves. What do I put on? Actual latex gloves. It's COVID fashion. Responding to needing a barrier, not feeling safe, this, like, you know, mask Kanye's literally wearing a full fucking mask at the Super Bowl like COVID safety needing barriers things that make us feel safe when we're out in the world it's like so funny see I feel like athleisure first wave of COVID fashion of course everyone's wearing fucking sweatpants now we're out in the world functioning in COVID and she brings up the AIDS fashion of again latex you know, a lot of leather, a lot of combat, we're fighting, we're, you know, it's so, so fascinating how fashion is affected by actual culture, like, and I love, like, looking into, like, of course, like, everyone's just, like, making choices, but it's, like, why are we making these choices? Why does it feel good? Why is that the want? And I think it's, like, the chicest way too and like I think it was time for just like actual like glam to be like at the forefront like there's no other way to like categorize long gloves as like costume glam 
And I think that feels really good right now for some reason. Maybe it's the being out. It just, yeah, it feels like all I want to wear. But I will never wear gloves with fingers. Are you kidding? What, I'm just not going to use my phone? If I take off the gloves, I'm going to lose them. I, they have to, like, if I'm wearing the gloves, it's got to be fingerless. It's got to be not leaving my body. Um, oh God, yeah, I'm still dying to see worst person in the world. Maybe I'll get that done before the next episode. I can talk about that. Obviously, I am watching My Brilliant Friend, but it's literally the only thing that is sacred, and I'm not even going to delve into it on the case that it will be spoilers for someone who hasn't even discovered the series and, you know, years from now, you'll remember me, you know, saying something and it, you know, fucks up everything. So I'm not even going to talk about it. Just know that I am watching. I made Katio e Pepe the other night, sat down. Oh God, it's perfect. It's a perfect show. Like if you haven't read the books, I can't run, don't walk, like get into it. The first book, you know, is we're setting the stage and just get through it. Second book pops the fuck off and you'll never be the same after the Ferrantes. You will never be the same. And the show is perfect. It is two Italian teens now literally like working to age themselves into women in these next. So I could not love this choice more to keep these actresses. They are the best actresses in the world. I stand by it. It's not hyperbolic. I stand by this fucking statement. So get into it if you haven't. And I don't think watch the show without reading the books. Do it right. Do it right. Read the books and then you can watch the HBO show. The brilliant, brilliant HBO show. Oh, God, I'm obsessed. Well, this is an absolute blast. Um, I will be performing stand-up on Tuesday at Caroline's on Broadway. I never plug stuff. And also, I'm, like, not doing, like, a ton of shows right now, which has kind of felt, like, great. It makes it really fun and special when I do perform. And I've been loving that. I'm, like, I have, like, new jokes. I'm, like, ooh, fun. I'll try them on stage. It's exciting. You know what I mean? Like, and it feels good to not be, like, drilling. It's just, like, yeah, I know this is probably going to work. And I love that. I also will give a sneak peek to this. Um, my dad's birthday, April 15th. I am planning a show that just... I'm trying to be like, he. what is a show that he would love to see? A Dave Matthews Cabaret at the duplex. <laughs> Gag. Larry's on the books, of course. I'm figuring out the lineup and really trying to, like, let the show come to me, which is actually very stressful. I feel like I'm literally, like, tiptoeing around in the dark. Like, I'm like, I don't know exactly what it is yet, but I think it will be revealed to me. So, if you're in New York, we'll love to see you at either of those events. And I'm excited for uh, more uh, future events. <laughs> me being the vaguest ever, but I'll, I'll tell you when I can tell you. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a fabulous weekend. Stay safe out there and enjoy New York. <laughs>